Welcome to the Mixing Babies and Business podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lynch, and I'll be covering all things parenthood, business, flexible, and remote work with kids. I'll be sharing a mixture of solo mini episodes and interviews with other business and community leaders who also happen to be parents. Season three of the podcast has been sponsored by the Startup Community Empowerment Fund, which is presented by Startup Canada, MasterCard Canada, Sovereign Insurance, and UPS Canada. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a review online. It helps other parents find the podcast. Visit mixingbabiesandbusiness.com. Adonica Shaw is a mom of three, speaker, author, founder, and advocate for women's health who is dedicated to cultivating digital wellness spaces. She is the founder of Wing Women, a startup that champions health and wellness for professional women, host of the podcast I Surrender and Self Care Saturday, and author of the self-help book Depressed to Daring. Our conversation is split into three parts. In our third and final episode, we talk about looking after your mental health while fundraising as a founder, things that she's learned as a parent and business owner, and working on what she feels called to build. Let's get into it. You wrote a great article for TechCrunch recently mm-hmm. about how founders can manage their mental health while fundraising. Mm-hmm. And one of the points uh, that really stuck out to me was kind of reframing it that your investors aren't doing you a favor, that you have a great offer for them. Reframing your mindset a bit and and you interviewed a few different founders. Are you fundraising at the moment for Wing Women? Not quite, but I am getting ready to open a round of fundraising. Um, We do have an angel investor who I'm just so thankful for that saw the vision of this. And I think, you know, just even looking back on my own journey, I could not have fathomed years ago, A, that I'd be in this position, but to have somebody come along and say, we want to make this happen. I've just been very blessed in that way. And so um, when we move into fundraising round, definitely going to be looking to identify venture capitalist firms that really have a heart for women's health. And um, just really understand the impact of what it means to support women while they're in this very vulnerable state. You know, I'm, I'm all for fundraising, but like that article says, it's like you have something to offer them too. Fundraising isn't just about taking money. It's about building relationship and joining forces with somebody who wants to see what you're building take its place in the world. When we open that round, that's who we're going to be looking to collaborate with is people who know how important this is and why it has to have a place in the world. Do you have any tips for listeners who are seeking to create something like you said that you feel this needs to exist, but maybe when you're pitching, you're met with the feedback of, well, there's not enough of a market for it, or we don't understand what you're building. So I know this is going to sound very idealistic, <laughs> But um, one of the quotes that has always stayed with me is, if you build it, they will come. It is very similar to another saying that I also heard growing up, which is, your gift will make room for you. Your job isn't to control what other people who are venture capitalists, you know, people who want to, who are, who are going to be there to offer money. Your job isn't to meet their life goal. Your job isn't to fulfill their life's passion. Your job is to fulfill your life passion, your vision. 
And it's wonderful when people want to come along and do that. But if God, the universe, however you frame this for yourself has given you a vision, you have to make that happen because it's come to you for a reason. I do think that, yes, there are going to be people that are going to give you feedback. Well, there's not enough of a market for this. But if you are building something, even if it's based off of your own life experience, then at least you know that you've got at least a captive audience of one. If you think about it even more, you can think about all of the little connections that you've had along the way to have gotten you to the place to want to build that platform, develop that app or whatever it is. So you know that it's not such a small niche market because you got to where you are based off of the support and the relationship relationships of others. It was a process. So even if you're just building for those people, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think um, a common misconception is that when we think about technology, we always think that it has to be something completely brand spanking new and that it has to change the world. Sometimes it's okay if it changes the world for you and some people that you love. Do not underestimate the power of building for the betterment of others. Everybody is not going to see that vision, but if it's been placed in your hands and you feel uniquely called to do it, I would encourage you to advocate for yourself in that dream and still bring it to market, you know, and the right people and places will come into that experience. That's been my experience, whether it was Volition, All Raised. Over the summer, I completed the Entrepreneur Accelerator Program at Wharton, where Wing Women was accepted into the semifinalist round of the pitch competition. Right now, I'm at the MIT Harvard Medical School Health Innovation Program, which I'm using feedback and process to understand and better understand how to make Wing Women work. If I had listened to people who told me that there's no market for that, why would that ever work? These other things would not have been possible. But even beyond that, they would not have been possible if I didn't see that vision and still commit to doing it, whether or not other people saw what I was trying to do or understood the value in it. I always like to rewind a few years and ask my guests, what do you wish someone would have told you when you first became a parent and later a company founder? To work on yourself first. In terms of babies and being a mom and being a parent, I think there's a few things that happen. You have a child and there's initially a lot of fear that you you haven't learned everything you need to know before becoming a parent. So newsflash, <laughs> this just in, you're never going to know everything that there is about parenting. And so you can't assume that just because you're having a baby or you've got a one-year-old or a two-year-old that you know or should have all of the facts, you need to continue growing. If you were raised in a way that isn't synergistic to what you want your child's life to be, then you need to find a way to get into those classes, seek that information and continue to learn those skill sets and that information that does align with the type of parent or the parenting style you want to have for your children. So you, you have to put that first. You have to continue to learn there. And in terms of business, it's, you know, I would say almost no different. There'd be no way I could grow and sustain wing women that way that I had if I hadn't been through that self-growth process, if I hadn't committed to going to therapy or to counseling and really working through problems and understanding the value, the value of talking to somebody and having them give me me a zoomed out approach to reimagining things, reframing things, working through things, forgiving myself for what I didn't understand or didn't know, taking myself off the hook. If I hadn't gone through that process, it would make building this company harder. I'd like to think about it at this point in time, at the very least, that uh, once you can learn how to lead yourself, then you can learn to lead other people. I wouldn't try to flip the two. I, I can't say enough about that self-education, self-advocacy, self-growth piece. 
it is just the integral part that makes everything flourish. And if you can do that and continue to stay in that childlike mindset of knowing that you have to learn, knowing that you have to expand and be open and vulnerable for those changes, uh, if you can do that, then anything is possible, both as a parent and as a business owner. So I like to ask about the future as well. You've talked about what you're building and how you're pursuing it and why you're pursuing it. But in terms of your children and the kind of future that you hope that they're going to inherit or grow up in, how is what you're doing now related to it? And how do you see the connection? It's a few things. The first, particularly for my daughter, to know that she has a voice in her own health and well-being. She should know that she has the right to ask questions about how her body works and really demand a real answer, you know, <laughs> first and foremost. And you, you underestimate that. But I think even being a millennial, I'm like thinking about the way we're taught about how our body works and who teaches you about your period. Did your mom tell you first or did you get that awkward class in fifth or sixth grade where they kind of tell you what your body is going to do? And you're sitting in the room with a bunch of boys too, knowing that her body is hers. And it's the one thing she has from the moment her eyes open when I had her to the moment they close when you know, when God decides to to take her, you know, and transition her away, that is the one thing that she owns in the in-between. And so for my daughter, I, I see it as something that stands for her ability to know the power of what she could do through her own self-advocacy. But for the three of them collectively, when they are called to do something or when they have enough life experiences that highlight some areas that can be helpful to other people, no matter how big or how small that impact is, that they should carry it out and they should do it. You know, I think there's a lot of parents out there that are very much like, you're going to be this when you grow up and I want you to be a doctor and I want you to be a nurse. My approach is a little different. I'm kind of a, you know, you're going to have your own life experiences kind of person. And whatever those life experiences and that data that comes through, whatever God has put on your heart, your mind to show up for whoever it is that you're supposed to be leading, I want you to be in alignment with yourself. Your children come through you. You're a vessel by which they pass into this world. And so it is not my, my place to dictate how they want to live their lives. I do, however, want to be a positive example that when they follow that voice within themselves and that they show up for it, how much of a change agent they can be for those around them. And so whether or not, you know, all three of them or one of them takes any interest in women's health, I think it's a fabulous example of what happens when you show up for that inner calling. Thank you so much for sharing your story or part of your story with us and how you're working to connect it to your mission with Wing Women and also sharing your family experiences because you know not everyone's comfortable talking about things outside of business. So I really appreciate you being so open mm -hmm. and honest. And uh, I'm just wondering, is there a website or a preferred social media site that you'd like others to connect with you after they hear this episode? Yes. Yeah, so my personal website is www.adonicashaw.com. There, there's more information on myself. You can get a, a sense of who I'm working with and who I'm partnered with. But also you can contact me directly through the site if you have follow-up questions. And then Wing Women is actually www.mywingwomen.com. You know, we did a lot of testing to see what women really wanted and, you know, how to make a safe space that felt approachable for women to want to talk 
And so I'm just very, very proud of the work that we've done. And hopefully when people find it, that they see that there's a place for it in their life. And if not theirs, it's something that they can refer other people. So those would be the two areas I'd most happily like to connect. If you want to find me on Instagram or LinkedIn, it's all just my first and last name. Thank you again. I'm just very excited to be included. Thanks again to Adonica for taking the time to speak about all things parenthood, entrepreneurship, health, and wellness. Check out Adonica and her work at adonicashaw.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your network and leave a review. It helps other parents find the podcast. You can access more business resources for parents on my website, including a regular newsletter with industry news, funding opportunities, and professional development events at mixingbabiesandbusiness.com. Thanks for listening.